Hey everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of Canadian Gamers. I am here with Stephen, and we are actually going to have a celebratory episode talking about our... I was just going to say 100 years, but no, <laughs> our 100th episode. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes. It's insane. I never imagined we would actually be here. And Stephen, the brains behind the operation, as he likes to say, and it's true, it's very true, uh, we, he thought it would be a cool cool idea to just talk about, you know, the 100 uh sort of episode milestone and just the different things that have happened over this ridiculously wacky journey. So I will throw it over to you to say a couple of words. Yeah, I was just recently listening back because I think our first original 38 or 39 episodes are still available on iTunes and podcast services. And I listened to the first episode and it's funny because in the first like 30 seconds, you mentioned that we were going to change the name of this. And here we are 100 episodes later <laughs> and it's still called Canadian Gamers. I always loved that name. I don't know if probably no one remembers besides uh, Jared, but he, we used to be a very, very uh, old, like crappy <laughs> video game website <laughs> back in the 2000s. I don't know when we started. I and I always either. had this uh, ridiculous obsession with making sure we differentiate ourselves from the others as Canadian for some reason. So I would always, when I would write things like favorite or color and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that in my reviews, I would always write them the Canadian way and it would piss off Jared or William was it anyway yeah, I always wanted so when we we did this podcast when we started it and as I, as usual Jared didn't have a name he he's not very creative and the, the podcast they used to do what was called something like I have something to say or I don't remember what it was called but it was something like that so when we started this I said, why not just call it Canadian Gamers for now and we'll figure something out later. And that's how this became to be. Well, became to be is probably something that people say, right? Of course. That's that's actually the Shakespearean <laughs> way of saying it. As I've, no, as I've noticed, like my, my sound was horrible in the beginning. <laughs> like the, I could not listen to the first episode like for more than two minutes because I could not bear the sound that I had. The audio quality was terrible. <laughs> But I do believe that my speaking capabilities, although it doesn't show for first-time <laughs> listeners, have massively improved since I've started doing this. I used to be terrible at speaking English. I still am, but I'm a lot, lot better. And I'd like to think that I'm a lot better than most people would be if they would try to speak my language. So at least there's that in terms of improvement. But the audio quality has come way way uh, f far since then okay so now i have to i have to comment here i just i have no choice so as you can tell steven is clearly the brains behind the uh, the operation because exactly like this was his idea this um to, to call it this and, and we'll talk about the format because <laughs> the format was hilarious before um <laughs> but in terms of like audio quality and stuff it's funny you say that because this all started on my original MacBook Pro from way back. And you can actually tell 
Because if you listen to the somewhat longer podcast, you'll actually hear what sounds like a jet plane taking off because the fan would kick in and it would be like like while I was speaking and seriously because we'll, we'll talk about like you know when we actually launched and stuff like that but this current setup is only from about maybe 2012 2011 somewhere around there uh, before that, it was on my MacBook, and yeah. So if if you just if you want to laugh, take a listen to some of those older episodes, and even the older videos. If you take a look at some of the very very old vlogs that we used to do, well, we used to do that. I used to do. You can tell that like the lighting is just awful, and the um, the sound <laughs> is terrible, and you've got all this stupid background noise from this damn fan. But you just reminded me of that. And the thing is with Steven here, which you probably don't know, is I used to bug this guy all the time, and I still do, because it's not there's nothing wrong with the the language. Like him speaking English is about five times better than me speaking French. I'll tell you that. But it's his confidence in in going for like prolonged amounts of time um just speaking he was always like oh it's 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 not good it sucks i'm gonna have to like you know think of words and this and that and people don't understand that when you do a podcast even for all of you listening if english is your first language it's actually very hard to do and my consulting partner realized this when we had to record like a I think it was like a 12-minute video for a presentation that was going to be given somewhere in Canada. I don't remember all the details of it. But what was so funny is he couldn't do it. Like, he just couldn't do it. He was constantly going, um, er, uh, 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 uh. And people don't realize just how difficult... It is to put together a podcast that's entertaining and interesting and natural and fluid without having pauses every 10 seconds. And we still do it. I mean, we're not uh, professionals here, but I think that's the thing that you improved upon more so than anything else was just getting comfortable being in front of a microphone and talking. And you can you can really tell when you go back and listen to those. Like, you've done your own solo podcast now. Like, you never would have done that before, or you would have, but it would have been really choppy, and, and it just wouldn't have been as smooth. I as would have never had the confidence to do that earlier. Well, that's it. Like, the, the problem I have is, it, it, it's kind of similar to writer's block, but very different, is that there are moments or sequences when you lose your train of thought, or you, you try to find a word, especially when I'm trying to find a specific uh, word in English, and I can't find it. And then seconds goes by, and those seconds of silence, they feel like minutes and hours for me. And then I'm under pressure, and I'm like, oh, crap, I need to start this whole thing again because of, like, I just screwed up or whatever. It's just... I'm always afraid of those moments of silence when I'm trying to find... Um, my thoughts or a specific word and i don't know why it's always been my fear yeah well it, doing dude, these things it, it's not you man that is a language thing like people constantly look at me they're like like they're like i'm speaking to you in french so they're like clearly you understand because you're doing everything i'm telling you 
And then they're perplexed. They're like, why don't you speak French more? And it's exactly what you just said. It's because when I'm looking for certain words or phrases or sentences or whatever, it's exactly what you just said. I find myself, you know, pausing for a minute and that's it. Like anyone who knows me and all of you guys, you know that I don't have trouble talking. Like, that's the one thing I, I don't have problems with. So when I do have problems with that, it's exactly like you. It it seems like it's like, it's been three months I haven't spoken. And it's like, ugh, like, you feel weird. So I completely understand that. And I just, I wanted to give you extra kudos. That's why I explained the story with another native English speaker who couldn't do this. So even if you speak in English... It's not an easy thing to do. And I, I really think people, they, they underestimate the challenge of putting together one of these shows. Like I said, I mean, we're not professionals. We're not, uh, you know, the, the greatest people in the universe here at doing this. But I think we've come a long, long way. And you deserve a lot of kudos. In fact, you deserve, like, all the kudos for this. Because Stephen was the one that said, you know, let's actually structure this. And we'll talk a little bit about the history and, and all that jazz. But it really was him that came back and said, why don't we make this like, you know, bi-monthly? And why don't we actually have like some sort of some sort of sort of structure to this so that we're not just randomly talking about whatever is up our ass type of deal, which was it was a big thing. Yeah, because uh, I noticed that in the beginning, we had episodes, sometimes we had like three or four episodes in a week. Mm -hmm. There's even a point where we had two episodes in one day, although that was during E3. It's like zero, <laughs> we had zero structure. And even today, you, it's debatable whether we we have one at some point. But my goal was always ha to have a weekly podcast and maybe we'll get there one day because like I said, the older I'm getting, the less opportunity I have to explore this hobby of mine and the less people I have to communicate with that. So the only person basically that I talk about video games is you and the only time I can interact with the community about stuff is when I do videos for the site or when I have this podcast. So that's something that I really love doing in my life. That's something that's a lot of fun because when I try to talk about video games to my wife or my girlfriend, whatever, it's it's like talking to a wall. <laughs> like <laughs> she tries sometimes to show Fear. interest, but you can <laughs> see that it 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 goes away very very quickly. So that's why I usually text you like fifteen hundred times a day, calling you a monster. Because I, I, I need a friend to talk about games. Yeah, and honestly, man, it's, it's the same with me. Uh, I, I don't have very many people in my life. And wow, this is going to sound depressing. Um, <laughs> but no, but it, it's, it's true. It's like uh, a lot of the people I've known moved away and everybody got their families. And then careers became like the big thing that everyone was doing. Even myself, like we were just talking about it the other day. Like I, I've got to start to be careful because my life is getting completely consumed by work and what the hell like it's getting out of control let's just say and and it's true like the only person that i can talk to about any of this 
is you and the larger community. And I mean, Ahmed is good too. Like he, he chimes in, we text each other, which is nice. Um, but it's, you know, like he's on the other side of the planet for God's sakes, which is, it's sad. Um, but with you, like you're, you're a local Canadian. So like whatever happens here with us, it, it affects like the two of us and Tim, I can't forget Tim, Tim, poor guy. He's so funny. He's going to give us (laughs) shit for this too. He's going to be like, you guys are always doing the podcast without me. He's, Oh my God. Yeah. He's so funny. He doesn't realize though that that it's like 5am in Los Angeles right now. Yeah, I know. That's what I I told him. I think he'd like to (laughs) us to wake him up. No, that's exactly what I told him. And he's, he's, he's such a funny guy. So he's been doing like all the streaming stuff and, and, you know, good for him. I mean, if, if people are enjoying it, I, that's why I gave him access to the Twitch stream. I said, you know what, man, like my schedule is so screwed up right now. Go for it. If you really want to do that, go for it. And I don't know. It, it must be working because we're getting more and more and more, um, Twitch followers. So, you know, thanks, Tim. But um, where were we? I just lost my train of thought. Where the hell were we just going? Uh, you were talking about the uh, text you, that you oh, were yeah, yeah, enjoyed talking you. to me, Tim. I yeah. mean, no. So yeah, it, it's just that. That's it. I mean, it's. It, I think it's and natural. I just quickly, can I quickly just say, uh, Ahmed? I know your name is pronounced Ahmed or something. Yeah, I just have Ahmed. trouble. Ahmed pro- yeah, I have really trouble pronouncing. That's why it's, it's not me disrespecting your name. It's just I have lots of. Tr- it's like the 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 letter or the the number three. Like I know it when I'm saying it. It sounds like the tree, a plant. But <laughs> yeah, it's just how my mouth works for some reason. It's actually nothing to do with you. It's the way your tongue has been. Uh, how can I say this? Brainwashed for years and years and years as a francophone. It, it's actually no. I'm serious. It has nothing nothing to do with. Uh, with and I mean, God, the, the community or, has been really nice. There's only been one uh, that I've noticed in all my videos and all the st- stuff I, I I've done that has laughed about that accent of mine. And then somebody else, which I I never know, called him a racist <laughs> right <laughs> after that. So it was like. <laughs> Our community is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for mentioning that because that's one thing I didn't want to forget. And that is exactly what you said. So I, I share that sentiment. The community that we have is like second to none. And we get a lot, a lot, a lot of comments from people saying, you know, I wish you guys had more views and more subs and this and that and everything else. And in the end, though, it's like, I don't know if that's something I want. And I'm serious about that. Like, I, I, I mean, think about it. Right now, we get comments from people asking us legitimate questions or people saying, hey, guys, that was a great episode. Uh, you're both insane. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the more the more people that get involved, the more you're going to start with sexist, racist yeah. comments and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and the two of us, we're just two guys. Like, we're just two regular people people we both have day jobs we both have you know well sort of lives one of us anyway (laughs) and and when you read a comment that's like you know you're the scum of the earth i wish you would be dead type of thing it's like wow like it it hurts us a lot more well okay maybe not a lot more than these so-called celebrities or whatever (laughs) but it's just 
we're just regular people and to read something like that it, it is harsh yeah. and, and and we both have experienced that where yeah, we had it's gotten a lot i've i've gotten a lot better uh with time the first really hard one that i took it personally was when i did the last of us article on the old blog and i compared it to resident evil 4 because resident evil 4 was and still is one of the most important games uh, uh, that i have and the guy just ripped me apart <laughs> it was clear that he had an agenda it was uh, now i don't care about it anymore but at the time i really it really hit, hit me hard and there are still some comments like that like the other day a few podcasts ago there was a guy calling me a troll and laughing at the fact that i had children and that i wanted pokemon to change for some reason i wasn't i don't know what it was but i he clearly was a troll and had issues so for from now on like when i see stuff like that i just ignore it and that's what i, I talked to you about last time because i think you and uh, ahmed tried to reason with that guy but from now on if someone is trolling or just like i have zero issues if you don't agree with me and you want to have a discussion about it or you just want to say you don't agree with me and here's why but if you call me names and stuff like that or call jared names i'm not going to respect that anymore and like i've defended i've defended you in the past in some comments but now i i think i'm just going to ignore those because yeah. like that's what they want clearly they yeah, just I want no man it's exactly like this is exactly what what they want and that's why for like years i've i've been doing that and sometimes I, i'll i'll chime in and stuff but for those that don't know steven is actually a really good debater he he's very good at at you know countering your points and stuff like that which is which is a good thing but you have to do it in such a way that it doesn't turn into this you know this personal attack or if you have like in a vendetta against someone or or something like we're not gonna we're not gonna put up with any of that crap. Yeah, because I don't mind if Jared calls me an idiot and some of the thing because he's my friend. Like, like when I text him, like I the text I sent him, I would never send to a total stranger. You know, right. so if right. <laughs> you have to act like that in the comments, in my opinion, like I won't, I won't comment on a video of someone I don't know with an opinion saying calling him an ass but i'll do that in jared's video no problem because he knows me and he knows i know it won't hurt him no exactly and we've even had a situation in the past where this was a this was a while ago i actually looked for it and i couldn't find it and it was i i I don't remember if it was you or me but one of us said something like that and one of the people from the community actually like tried to defend and was like, Hey, that's not very nice. The person did like, you know, they're like, they're trying to do something and blah, blah, blah. And one of us replied to that person was like, uh, it's, we're, we're the two guys on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty, it was pretty funny. And that's the other thing that I noticed that happens all the time is that people watch like some of the videos with Justin or like with Tim and they all think we're the same person. So <laughs> I think it's really uh it's really really funny. Okay, so do you want to go back and actually talk about some of the some of the like the dates that you yeah, want to sure. make? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's let's do that. Okay, so Canadian Gamers um officially launched on iTunes, sorry, I'm just looking, I've got a whole bunch of stuff, on February 14th, 2002. 
I guess Stephen was trying to be romantic. It's 2012, I believe, uh, not 2002. No, yeah. 2002? 2002. That's impossible. <laughs> well, that's what it says on my on my phone. <laughs> 2002, I was... That's... <laughs> Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. I kid you right. not. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. Here, I will show you. Do, 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 do. I have the podcast thing open right now. Okay. So it says all episodes. You scroll, 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 scroll. Yeah, all it's 2012, dude. It's 14 February oh, 2012. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I knew that sounded impossible. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was 12. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. 12. Why did I do that? <laughs> Dumbass. Okay. Like, maybe, yeah, the rest of the years work. Okay, boom. So, but still, it still works. February... 14. Why, so Valentine's did we, Day. why did we do this on Valentine's Day? Uh, I don't know why we did that, but whatever. So that was the first episode. We talked about Resident Evil revelations and such amazing things like the Vita and Final Fantasy 13 2. Yeah, it should have told me something was wrong with the date. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I remember, remember that episode because I had just played Resident Evil Revelations on my 3DS and my heart was still pumping, I believe. But I, I won't go back and listen to it because the audio is complete crap. Yeah, well, I'm amazed like anybody listened to our garbage back then. <laughs> and it wasn't bad though, man. Like the, the launch episode was 33 minutes. I was like, that's not so bad. That's really not so bad. Yeah, after that it gets... <laughs> I know, it gets it gets crazy. Funny. We have like one that's like 10 minutes or something. <laughs> It's like, what a great podcast. Uh, what else do we have here? I've got... Okay, so when I looked on YouTube, this is possible. It is possible that I screwed up in the playlist. But I don't think so. Because I've got a couple of dates here. So in... Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. On uh, June 5th, 2012... We had what I could find is our first YouTube podcast, which was called Canadian and Lone Saudi Gamers E3 2012 Sony Press Conference. And then we we did a bunch of other, you know, press conferences and stuff like that. But that was when we were actually there, if I'm not mistaken. So it would make sense. Or maybe we weren't there. And we no, were just we covering. weren't there. We were there in 2010, I believe. Okay. So, well, whatever the case may be, I don't know why we did this. And, and we had a couple of random episodes here and there, but officially, and we even called it this, was Canadian Gamers episode 37, The Return of Our Fantastic Podcast. Yeah, I remember that because we used Pokemon footage of my battles and it was like 15 or 17 minutes. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. It was 14 minutes and 27 seconds was the, was that one. <laughs> and it was, it was, but here's, here's what's interesting, man. That was May 14th, 2014. So that's really not bad. Like really not bad because from there we, we were fairly consistent. Until, like, yeah. Because we had, didn't we have like a year almost between that episode and the last one? Or because I know that we stopped for a while, and that one w was the first one we brought to YouTube with our our uh, 
what we do today with, with his gaming footage. Before, I believe, at some point, you used to post the old podcast series on, I believe, COEVRs, maybe? The old, the other channel that we used yeah, to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With just, like, a static image. Yeah, exactly. No, that's why. Like, so, yes, there was, there was like, huge gaps or whatever. But have we been... Have we actually been consistent since that date? No, no, no. We... There was a time when you were, like, on sick leave for, like, five or 16 years yeah, that we right. used to do podcasts like almost every Thursday and then it would be uploaded on Friday morning. I remember okay. that. We had the schedule. That probably lasted maybe three months and then like the podcasts were super irregular. And then okay. I had my first child which so. you left you alone doing this and you were very, very... Garbage. Not, yeah. <laughs> like you would do like 20 minutes podcasts once every like two months something like that but i believe we started this two weeks yeah. uh, once every two week like two years ago i believe well that's what i'm trying i i i mean you asked because we've to- been consistent for a long while now that we haven't missed a single date we've come close but yeah we, we've come close man we have we've, not um yeah, there's no easy way. See, that that's why I didn't do it. There was no easy way for me to check this. Okay. On on YouTube to see like when we when we came back cuz like it's just it's just numbers, right? It just says like episode this, episode that or whatever. Um hmm. I did have the one when we returned to iTunes though, which was episode 82, which was our game of the year's award. That's when we we started doing what we do now, where it's published on both. So it's published on iTunes, plus it's published on... Um, do you have the date for that? Yeah, December 2nd, 2016. Okay, so it's been almost two years now since we've been doing back to that formula. So, because I believe all, uh, all 99 episodes are available at some point online, right? Yeah, every... Yeah, it's I just that so. a, a lot of them are not on iTunes. Yeah. Okay. And there was no easy way for me to put them on iTunes no, no. in order. Yeah, like, there's, no, there's no need to go back to and put those. But And also, it's it would be funny to try and figure out how many different guests we've had here. Oh, man. Because we- I know that we had, besides you, me, and Ahmed, I know that... In, at some episode, my brother-in-law Marc Andre was there. Yeah, we also uh, had Patrick uh, was there. Right, Pat, yeah. I think he was one. He was there for one or twice. Do you still like? I I know he has. He's a childhood friend of mine that used to live here, and now he's he moved to Montreal. And do you still see him from time to time? Or? I don't. No, not no. anymore. Now it's just like I, I'll I'll uh, shoot him a message every once in a while on Facebook stuff like that. Okay, because I know he had he, he had a daughter, uh, yeah. I believe, last April. Or maybe just before that or after that. And he works at Warner Brothers Montreal. So it would be cool to have him on at some point if, if it had a time. Because he, ha- he actually had, would have something to say. And it would be perfect because we're a video game podcast called Canadian Gamers. And we'd had someone who actually works at a Canadian gaming company. Yeah, exactly. We, are, we also had Timothy, right, at some point? I think so, yeah. I think he joined us once or twice, probably. Did... Justin ever made make this podcast? I don't think so. I don't think so. So that would be one, two, three, four, five, six different people that's been on here, right? Am, yeah, or am I well, missing someone? Well, I, honestly, at this point, I honestly don't know. 
you know, like I'd have to go back and and see. But yeah, I, I think so. I think that's that's fair. And I so. like I told you this morning, it took us 98 episodes before we actually had a Canadian gamers without any actual Canadians on it, which was episode 98, which. Ahmed did all by his lonely sum and yeah. saved our ass because we we were out of options to make that uh, that date like we said we want one every two weeks and we either of us could do it. Ahmed came in and saved the day. Yeah, exactly. Which um, like I, I was looking because I'm having problems right now with my uh, with my PC and I need to I need to fix this now. I have a laptop. Which means I could use the it, the quality, you know, again, the quality wouldn't be great and stuff like that. It's a newer laptop, so you're not going to hear, like, the fans and stuff like that. However, like, for game footage, I probably wouldn't do it. It would probably be just just the audio file with a static image, and that would be the end of it. Because and I would probably have to upload it through YouTube directly. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't actually uh, have any sort of you know, fancy editing or anything like that, mind you. Not really like it's ever had fancy editing, but yeah. So I don't know. It's been a wild ride. It's been really, really crazy. I hope we can continue to do this. I really do. And I'm actually doing the reverse now. Uh, instead of like you know picking up more and more work i'm trying to slow down because i've got school coming up and i'm getting very nervous that the only feature i will be able to continue will be this one because even with dragon quest and stuff unless i start to double post meaning do i take dragon quest footage and use it for this and that's it like for dragon quest 10 and mm -hmm. then, then I'd be able to keep both things going because otherwise I just don't see how the hell I'm ever going to have time to do this. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I mean, really recording one hour of a podcast is not a hard thing to do. It's so long as I can get footage, it's, it's really not a, it's not a big deal. And after this podcast, I'm actually going to do a very special episode of Dragon Quest X because it's the game's sixth anniversary on August 2nd. Awesome. I always thought and think that this game is older than it is for some reason because it was on the Wii. But I guess it came out at the end of the Wii's life cycle. And I know we've had this discussion before. Uh, I want to quickly mention a few of my favorite uh, episodes. And the first one, I did not check because we did not subtitle these back in the days. But it has to be either one of... It's in the top, the first five or the first ten episodes. I know it was a really early one. And the reason I really liked that one was because I remember it, to, like, it, it was yesterday. Was I told you that we had to do a podcast and you said that there was nothing, nothing had happened today. And I told you that there was actually huge news today, and that was when Pokemon Black and White 2 were announced. And you did not realize back then, because you were not a Pokemon dude, how big that news was, because that was the first time we had a direct sequel instead of a third version, like Pokemon mm -hmm. Grey, for example. And it was also not on the 3DS, but on the DS, when the 3DS was already almost a year old, I believe, when this was announced. So that was extremely huge news back then. And I broke it down and explained everything to you, and that was fun. I really liked that one, because it was one of the first times where I felt what is well when I was actually teaching a seasoned vet something for the first time. 
And my other one, which is one of my favorite episodes, and it's too bad we did it just a bit before these came out on iTunes, because I would like to download it and listen to it while I'm on a road trip, but it's just before, and that was when we did our top 10 video games of all time episodes, which was more than two hours when we did that, and I really, really enjoyed doing that episode. It was probably my all-time favorite. Well, for me, <clears throat> excuse me, there's two things that I wanted to talk about when you said that we were going to to do this episode today, and it wasn't individual episodes. I I mean, maybe it is, but I don't I don't think so. It was the there's just there's two different stories that you all got to experience if you've been following this long enough, and the first one is the top series, and so this was something that Stephen came up with. And for a while, we were doing these where it was like, you know, like top five RPGs, top ten games of all time, top this, top that, top everything. And and maybe this is just me hallucinating. You know what I mean? Like, it's possible. It's entirely possible that we only made two episodes of these. But I don't think so. If I recall correctly, like, for a little while, we were going back and forth with different things. And if you don't know, Stephen calls me Switzerland because I hate coming up with like top 10 games or top five games or, or anything like that. I hate that because I always forget something. Like I, I, I always, always, always forget something. And I'm like, ah, no, that really should have been two or that should have been three or that should have been one or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but it's fun. It's actually fun being challenged in that way for certain like series. And I just, I really always enjoyed those episodes, especially when... I have a, a, a cool story when you're that, before you move on to your second Okay, thing, sure, r- sure. When you um, so anyways, it's just, it was that. It's just like, I, I really, really enjoyed the back and forth with some of that stuff. And it's the memories that, that I like more than anything is like remembering back because I've never gone into this and I'm not going to go into this now but there's there's actually a reason why I I'm such a huge fan of like the Legend of Zelda for example there's a reason why I got a tattoo of the Triforce and uh, again I'm not going to get into all of this now but like going back and remembering some of this stuff is I don't know it, it was special so go ahead say your funny story I just want to mention and just to give you an example of how Jared is indecisive and he has trouble making these kinds of decisions, which in the grand scheme of things are not really important. Like it's just a top 10 list that you can change at any point that doesn't has like, it's just for fun. But when I was living in, in Hull, which I, I don't know how to pronounce it in English. I don't think it's possible which is like an hour away from where Jared lives. I used to live in uh, Quebec when I when I finished uh, high school for about two years. We used to talk on MSN back then. And that's like 15, 16, 17 years ago. That's how long we've been uh, t- talking. That's how long Jared has been enduring me. And <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> I ask him a very simple question. What is your favorite video game of all time? And today, you ask him that, he'll say Link to the Past and won't even blink. It won't take him long. But back then, it took about two hours <laughs> for him to finally give me an answer. And what he did was he gave me a title in Japanese. Japanese. I remember and that. And he sent it to me, and I had to Google Translate it somehow. <laughs> and all it said was Legend of Zelda. That's it. That's it. And he says, 
He wouldn't confirm it. He could not give me an answer on a simple <laughs> question like that. That's how Jared was. He's still there's still some of that left. There's a lot of that left, but now he's he has grown up a bit into a man and he's able to make <laughs> decisions from time with a bit of uh, of hustling, 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 yeah. Hustling, yeah. He's a, he's able to to make up his his mind like a big boy now. That's so nice of you. <laughs> I can't believe you, you remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. I I remember some stuff, not much, but I, I remember some stuff. Anyway, my uh <clears throat> my second story is the it's funny because you kind of ruined it, but whatever. <laughs> it's the the Pokemon journey, if you want to call it that. Oh yeah, that's over awesome. the over the last like whatever it was, 2 years, 1 year, what whatever it was, like getting introduced to a series when you're in your 30s is uh because you taught this was a rip-off of Dragon Quest Monsters, right? Yeah, originally, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And I thought it was like a, a like a, just a kid's game, you know? Like a very simple sort of rip-off of, of Dragon Quest Monsters. That's exactly what I thought. But anyway, so it's just... It's interesting, and now I know, I know this is Canadian gamers, so some of you could, could fault me and say, like, well... Wouldn't that be in the Nintendo Fanboys podcast? And yeah, okay, sure. And maybe I'll I'll say this story again when we hit our 100th episode of Nintendo Fanboys. But I'm positive it, some of it, some of those stories would have translated into this, uh, or transferred rather into this podcast. Like I'm I'm positive. Like there's no way I would have been completely quiet like for the entire time. So it was just it was really cool to be able to experience like a brand new series when you're, you know, when you're not a kid anymore and actually like really say, wow, this, this is something I didn't realize. And so that, that, and also we were doing these regularly when Dragon Quest 11 came out. And I thought, I thought this was really cool too, to be able to go like in depth about Dragon Quest Eleven, knowing that you know it wouldn't be released in North America and Europe for like a year, and to really go into like what I was enjoying, what I what I thought could be improved or or what have you, and I'm I'm hoping we get another chance to do that because even you, and again I know it would be more on the uh, fanboy side, but like you playing Dragon Quest Eleven like on the 3DS, I thought that was that was pretty damn cool, man, to be able to experience that like a year literally a year we just hit the first year milestone actually not yet when this podcast when this podcast goes live tomorrow it will, it, it will be exactly one year since the release of dragon quest 11 and i thought that that was just a really cool experience to be able to share with all of you yeah and you remind me of one of one more well there's many but one more episode that i really enjoyed it's a really recent one and that was when we we did your uh, gaming history Oh, and yeah. I think it's episode 95 or 96, something like that. Yeah. And really enjoyed that. Yeah, me because, too. Because uh, you even taught me something about you that I did not know before. And I don't want to go into detail of that, but about your childhood. And I knew some of it, but I did not know the extent of it. And I really thought, it just I, f- I found it amazing how you grew up to be the man you are today. And I don't want to get too sentimental with what happened and how you seem to simply shrug it off and like yeah you i did not know that and don't know if you had some of that you escaped to video games like most of us kids do but like your 
gaming history and history in general was really interesting to me and like i i, I can't wait to do part two uh, in the near future that's something i i wanted to mention yeah when most people find i really enjoyed that too and I, i still want to do yours i think it would be really interesting we'll have to get back on that and i'll give that one a listen to to see like what we like the questions that were asked and what i said and stuff like that my um my past is just really screwed up that's that's what i i tell everybody i had a really um let's just say interesting uh childhood that actually went all the way to my adulthood like it's just i've had a i've had an interesting life let's put it that way <laughs> So yeah, but all around this has been it's been a it's been a really fun experience and the fact that we're still doing this like since what did we say 2012 like that's a big deal. Like and and I think that really is a big deal. And I'm I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we've we we're still here. Like it's crazy. Yeah, no, it is, especially when you you think about how this all began it's basically because of msn and forums insider yeah. forums that's all and I, i consider consider you one of my best friends now and it's like i've seen you maybe four or five times in my life it's just i would have never thought i'd have i'd have this relationship with someone just over msn and forums skype stuff like that really glad this happened and i'm super like glad to continue this in the future and like i said like this is something doing this podcast doing these videos really important because video games is a, a hobby of mine but it's also something that helped me when i was a kid like most people escape some some situation it's fun to keep doing it and hope even seeing my son play video games now and knowing that when he grows up he'll probably want to play some of my childhood games like It's always fun to continue sharing that passion in whatever way possible you can with you and with the community. So, yeah, really glad to do this and can't wait to do more. Here's to a hundred more. <laughs> Amen, man. Amen. That was really well said, Stephen. Seriously, that was really, really well said. And I share your sentiment as well. I mean, we we talk literally all day. It's usually Stephen giving me shit, but it's it's funny. Someone, someone has to. Yes, precisely. And, <laughs> and it's funny because, like I said, like I don't have that many friends here anymore. Everyone's gone or moved on or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's an important relationship. And the fact that, like you said, I think it's important to actually acknowledge that, that you hear all these horror stories of, you know, people meeting up online and like end up getting killed and all this like, you know, horrible, horrible things happen. And yet, like, one of the, the best relationships that I've actually had actually comes from, like, the insider <laughs> message board. <laughs> like, that's, that's completely ridiculous. Anyways, yeah, so here's to a hundred more, man. That would be, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be really awesome. So you want to launch our little surprise? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to explain uh, this, and I, it won't be a surprise to those on, on YouTube because you'll see the title, but that's cool. I, We have two hardcore groups. We have the Saturn fans and Dragon Quest fans. And Saturn fans are probably not really happy <laughs> right now, but you know, that's what I, but Dragon Quest, like, man, we've had a huge like, uprising. And when Dragon Quest 11 was announced to the West officially, Jared did, did a bunch of videos and it just like got up. We, our subscribers were ridiculously climbing up, like we're close to We're 400 subs away from 10, 10k now, which is 
ridiculous. Insane. Never <laughs> thought I, we'd reach that. <laughs> and a lot of that is because of Dragon Quest content. And it's really fun because we just happen to have, and I'm not sure I say the biggest Dragon Quest fan in North America, if not the world. We have him right here, and he's more than happy to do content of that. And I thought we, we should do our top 10 Dragon Quest games of all time video right here. What better way to celebrate our 100th episode of Canadian Gamers than by doing something I know our fans will enjoy. And before that, I just wanted to mention that while like, I'm not a hardcore Dragon Quest fan like Jared, like really, you'll see that from my list, but still, I think it's, it's a valid list. Like, I've played every single Dragon Quest main series game except for 10. And when you consider people in North America, I think I'm a pretty big Dragon Quest fans in North America. It's just nowhere near what Jared is. So you'll see that I have four side series games in my list here, which will be blasphemous to most hardcore Dragon Quest fans. But hey, that's that's my list. Unfortunately, I did not grow up uh, enabled to play Japanese games and all that. But still... I had a lot of fun with this series. It's still one of my favorite series. And you'll see that there's a lot of difference in our, our list, but I sh- I'm sure that I'll get some slack in the comments, but whatever, just wanted to put this disclaimer here, and you'll see that Jared's list is probably the most important one, but still, I'll, I'll give you mine uh, just for the fun of it. So if you don't have anything else to say to this, we'll start with me, my, my number 10. And usually we do... 10, 9, uh, we do 1 and then 2, but now what I want to do is I'll start with 10, you'll start with 10, and we'll go there, because I want the number 1 to be, I want it to be your, I want you to finish with your number 1. Okay, sure. And I I just wanted to add, don't listen to anything Stephen just said. Okay, I I think he's he's being way too harsh on himself here. His list is every bit as accurate as my list, and it doesn't matter if there's side games. I don't care if there's mobile games in there. <laughs> this is a personal list for you, and the whole reason why we do these is to go through and you you say like why you feel this is on your list. So don't listen to him. It's this this is gonna be fun. So go ahead. Okay, so I think you you'll. You'll regret what you just said when you hear my number 10, which is Dragon Quest Swords, The Masked Queen, and The Tower of Mirrors for the Wii. And you texted me last night telling me that this was going to be on my list, and I sucked for it. And you're right. This is on my list. <laughs> I I don't know what it is about this game. I had a blast playing that game. It's it's a non-rails RPG. That that doesn't make any sense. And you use the, the, the Wii remote and the nunchuck as a sword and a shield. So you waggle like a stupid person doing this. And I had a blast playing this. There's even super bosses at the end of the game like there are in a regular Dragon Quest game. So there's lots of love in that game. It was even a blast from the past from a Nintendo Fanboys episode. I really love this game. And it has a Metacritic of 65. So I know... It's not necessarily a well-critically acclaimed game, but still, I don't care. I love Dragon Quest Swords. One of my favorite Wii games, and I'll say that. It's one of my favorite Wii games. Dragon Quest Swords, number 10, and I'll stand by it. Have at me. No, there's no having at you. Honestly, I was just bugging you because I knew you really liked that game. So I knew it was going to be in your list somewhere. I just (laughs) didn't know where. So for me, my number 10 is the game that uh, started it all. Now, this is my only disclaimer that I, I essentially have here is as I went through this list, 
I was taken back to like the individual games. Like, so like, why would Dragon Quest, the original Dragon Quest or Dragon Quest One, why would that be on this list? Like, why wouldn't I put Dragon Quest, say, Heroes? or Heroes 2, or Dragon Quest Builders, or Dragon Quest Swords, or, you know, any of those games, why wouldn't I put those over the original Dragon Quest when, really, they're better games? You know what I mean? Like, they are. There's no there's no denying it. Go back and play Dragon Quest 1 right now, and it's almost laughable, because, like, what, a five-hour game, four-hour game, something like that, and you're all alone, you, you fight enemies one-on-one, the very like last boss of the game is basically you attack you attack heal attack attack heal attack attack heal that's that's pretty much it the strategy is just staggering (laughs) but when i came to do this list much like a lot of the lists that i do i look at the impact that these games had on me and the original Dragon Quest deserves to be somewhere on my top 10 list just because of just how radically different it was. And it was, it was, it was just so unlike anything I had ever seen before. And I'm not going to say that, oh, it's the first RPG of all time or this or that or <clears throat> any of that stuff. It's all irrelevant. It's just for me, this was a game that was so unlike anything I had experienced before. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the artwork. I don't know if it was the music. I have no clue. But this was one of those games where it was just like, wow, this is this is an incredible, incredible game. Cool. Okay, for me, uh, number nine, I have Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. And some of these names I might have uh, not wrong. I don't remember if it's Dragon Quest Joker 2 or Monster Joker 2, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. I... I played this game when I went to Thunder Bay uh, back then with my uh, my ex at the time, and I bought it at a, at an EB Games. Went back and played it, and I had a blast. Like, really, really, it's a more hardcore take on Pokemon. It's a game that has a lot of grinding. It has unforgiving difficulty, and it requires you to like fusion monsters together and that's what i really loved about this one and the only issues i have with this series in general is that i don't like how they make you catch pokemon pokemon the monsters <laughs> i would rather have ha- have them like have you throw an item at them like in pokemon instead of it being mostly luck based but still i really enjoyed that and years later you would buy me joker one which i also really enjoyed and that's why I want to get Joker 3 Professional at some point. Uh, if Amazon Japan would stop being asses and would ship me ship games it, yeah. from time to time. But yeah, Dragon Quest Joker 2, like, really, really awesome game. And it's just too bad that these games did not sell well. So we never got Joker 3 in North America or any of the other remakes they did on the 3DS. Yeah, that was what I was just going to say. That was a real shame, man. That was a real, real shame that we didn't get any of the any of the 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 whatever is it the 3ds monsters games because man they they redid like the whole series practically and it's anyway it's a real shame monster series as a whole is one that i wanted on this list but i again i, I just kept finding myself going like ah oh, man but you know there's dragon <laughs> quest four and three and two and one nah, 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 and i was like damn it anyways Number nine. Number nine is my, uh, is it, well, not mine, but number nine is a game that would have scored a lot higher, I think, 
if I hadn't recently gone back and played through uh, some of the some of the the series, I, I went last year and I started to go through them slowly but surely. And anyways, it's Dragon Quest Seven. Now I know for you, Dragon Quest Seven is going to be a lot higher. And the reason why it's there, like like quote unquote low on my list, is only because. When I replayed it on the 3DS, I had forgotten that it it is a monotonous game. Now, to give people some context here, I played Dragon Quest VII when it was called Dragon Quest VII on the original PlayStation. I put in somewhere in the ballpark of 300 hours into that game. Then I played Dragon Warrior 7 on the PlayStation 1 here, and I put in somewhere in the ballpark of 300 hours. Then I played Dragon Quest 7 on the 3DS in the Japanese one, and I put in, like, I forget, that was not as high. I think it was like 120 hours or something like that. You barely played it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then I played the English version. So all this to say, it's not that I... None of these games are games that I don't like, obviously, or they wouldn't be in my top ten. It's just the fact that, like, I I like the 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 little short stories that they had that connected everything together. But you'll see as we go on with some of the other ones <clears throat> that I just I think I enjoyed some of the other ones more in the long run. But that's one of the ones, like you say, that tomorrow that could be higher on my list. It really depends because overall it features a really good story and I love the mechanic of sort of going to different times and then connecting everything together to unlock your world. What I didn't like was the same thing that Steven mentioned, I believe, in one of our reviews or both or review discussion or whatever the hell we did where you basically play through the same dungeon 15 times and instead of it just being 15 times you do it back to back and that yeah. makes it very very monotonous but it's still it like i say it still is a fantastic game all right for me number eight and i'm not even gonna try to pronounce the subtitle of this one but i have dragon quest heroes and this is a funny story because I played this game for 40 hours and at the end of it I hated it <laughs> I was extremely tired of this because this is a Dynasty Warriors game it's like the same thing happened with Hyrule Warriors except Hyrule Warriors was a 10 to 12 hour game so I didn't have time to hate it but at the end there I was like why am I still playing this because for me Dynasty Warriors type games are really fun but they have to end quick quicker quick quickly than most games because they're really repetitive and the grinding aspects of this is not as fun as an RPG in my opinion but still like if I play a game for 40 hours there has to be something right about it and I really I, I really love the visuals of it that was probably the first like next gen Dragon Quest looking game that I played it was actually the first because Dragon Quest 8 was not really an HD system and it was just fun and I loved the fact that all of those Dragon Quest classic characters, and it would be even more special for me today, now that I've played three more Dragon Quest games, to see some of these characters, like the, the characters from Dragon Quest Seven, I believe, Klefki is his name, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's uh, Kef- uh, no wait, Kefka is uh, it's Kiefer. Kiefer, yeah, the, like he's in there. Like I, I had no idea who these persons were back then, but now I do. 
and just the fact that I played with uh, Yang Boos and Jessica the whole way and I had a blast. Like Dragon Quest Heroes, really, really nice game. Just a bit too long in my opinion, but really, really well made. Okay, so as not to talk forever here my next i'm gonna i'm gonna start to shorten some of the stories only because like the top five i'll probably have a lot more so number eight is dragon quest 3 dragon quest 3 is one that could very easily crack my top five well well maybe not top five anymore but it's it's a game that you really have to experience Dragon Quest 1 and 2 in order to get the most out of Dragon Quest 3. When it introduced classes, and I'm not even going to talk about the Famicom version, any of these versions, and the fact that you played as the legendary hero, spoiler, um, that was that was just so unexpected and it was such a such a unique departure from the other two games that it's understandable why to this very day Dragon Quest 3 in Japan is frequently voted like one of the top 5 games of all time here it's not going to crack like the top 100 games of all time in North America I doubt it but it's such an influential RPG it really did change the way role playing games were played from that point forward just I can't even express like classes, advanced classes, all of this sort of stuff at that time period was just unheard of. And I don't even remember if there were advanced classes or not, but just the fact that you had classes and teams and all of this stuff, like it it was an incredible game. And then story wise to find out that you yourself were the legendary hero and that the story that you were playing was one that highlighted everything that you had heard about from Dragon Quest 1 and 2 is just absolutely awesome. Alright, for me at number 7 I have Dragon Quest Builders and this is my last uh, spin-off in here but I originally played the PlayStation 4 version of this game for like 5 minutes and I thought this was complete crap. I could not even play it for more but when it came for the Switch I was hooked like many games are because I just had the opportunity to play it everywhere and I found out quickly that this was very fun and I did a review of this and so did you and my main gripe with this game is that it's not as Minecrafty as I would like it to be because I really enjoyed Minecraft I haven't played it in years but I really did enjoy it back in the day and I wish Dragon Quest Builders was just a tiny bit more like it but it, it isn't and some people will prefer that and that's totally cool but I really enjoyed the fact that it was a Minecraft game in a Dragon Quest universe and just was such a blast to play the story wasn't bad either it's not like gonna win any awards but it was really a nice distraction and just yeah Dragon Quest Builders uh, we both have a review on it if you want more on this game but it's, it was a really really awesome game and probably will be in my top 10 games of the year this year yeah that was the one man that that i really wanted on the list i really wanted builders on the list but again i was like damn it i don't want to i don't want to knock any of these other games anyway dragon quest 9 is my number seven so when ahmed listens he's going to cry because that's like pretty much his favorite dragon quest game of all time and why it's here is because it was such a radical departure from the rest of the series. And at first, I was I was kind of like, you know, huh. Coming off of Dragon Quest VIII, 
I mean, Dragon Quest VIII is a beautiful and stunning game. And then to find out that it was for the DS, I was like, what? But that didn't stop me from importing it and playing it for hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I love the DLC aspects, the grottos and all of that. But the one thing, the one thing that I wanted to experience more so than anything else, and I never had the opportunity, was the multiplayer. I think it would have been absolutely outstanding to have been able to play this game with Steven. I think would have, both of us, this game probably would have been in our top three. If we would have been able to go through all the the download content, fight the super bosses together, would have been absolutely amazing. But I never had that opportunity because around me, there was nothing... Like, there was no one that I could actually experience this with. So, as a single-player game, it was still good. It's just that it felt a little bit generic with the characters and stuff. So, it was, it was, it was just really unfortunate that we didn't live closer together to ex- really experience that game. Yeah, and that's probably why it didn't make my list. Because I, I wasn't... As soon as you got into the opportunity to recruit characters and they were just basically NPCs, uh, generic ones, I don't know why. I, I just c- could not get myself into playing more of it, which is unfortunate because maybe we will have the chance to play it together at some point because I think this is, uh, is not, it has nothing to do with the internet, right? It's just local play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So maybe at one point we'll be able to do that, but maybe it'll be in my, on my list when we do that, probably, but for unfortunately I never gave it much of a chance. I played like maybe 10 hours of the game for some reason. Stop. All right, for me number 6, more recent Dragon Quest entry and that's Dragon Quest 11. And really really sucks what happened with this game because if I would have done something simple which would have been to make the battles autoplay or something like that i think i would have finished it because i was like almost 30 hours in the game and i stopped because the 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 language barrier was getting ridiculous and i know you were there to help me but i'm type of guy who really doesn't like to always stop ask and then or read the guide or figure out where to go and that's what happens here because of the everything is exclusively in japanese in that game and i just it really was hampering my gameplay experience. That's unfortunate. But if when the English version finally comes to the Switch, because unfortunately I don't think I have the PlayStation 4 version pre-ordered. I'm going to buy it. There's, uh, Of course, because I want to support this series, I want to make sure it grows here. But I don't think I'll have much opportunity to play it. I even God of War, Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption, Redemption 2 are all games that I really want to play, but like I said, it's really hard for me to play games on a console uh, with the lifestyle that I have recently, so I'm not sure pro- uh, what I'll do, and I know it's sacrilege, I'm gonna, I'll probably wait for the Switch version, but still, I've played, experienced this game for 30 hours now, and really, really loved what I see, and I know that when I play the full version of it, it will probably be near the top of my favorite Dragon Quest games. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate that, but I mean, it's it's also completely understandable. I mean, it is. And to be honest with you, when Dragon Quest Eleven hits, I will be in school, and it very likely will be like a game that I cannot play to the degree that, let's say, I would want 
to play it. And I know we, we get a lot of fans um, that that ask me, you know, different questions about this, that, but I've literally done everything you can do in Dragon Quest Eleven, Like, literally everything that you can do. So me not experiencing the English version isn't technically that big of a deal. The last time that I have done something like that was Dragon Quest Nine. Dragon Quest Nine was the last time where when the English version came out I didn't I didn't spend that much time with it. And I remember back then certain people were like, What? Why? type of thing. And more on like message boards and stuff like that. And the reason being again is like, well guys, if you've put in hundreds and hundreds of hours into something, well and you know, your schedule doesn't align or whatever like it's not really a big deal. I've already played the <laughs> crap out of it. But anyways, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, of course, I get a chance to. And I mean, it's me. I, I'm a huge fan of this, but also I have to be realistic that like I cannot screw around with school. I'm paying like almost a hundred thousand dollars for this school. I'm not about to fail. So anyway, um, number six is this. This word gets a little weird for me. Number six is Dragon Quest Six. Dragon Quest Six used to be my favorite Dragon Quest game. For years, it was my favorite Dragon Quest game. And the reason why is because I absolutely loved the whole concept of the dual world. It reminded me so much of, uh, I was going to say Dragon Quest, of A Link to the Past. And at that particular point in time, the Super Famicom was where it was at. And RPGs were just getting... I don't want to say mainstream, but more people were talking about them. You had your Chrono Triggers, Final Fantasy VI, or three as it was called here. You had Super Mario RPG. Games like this were, were really starting to get people in North America to talk about this particular genre. And I was so upset because I was like, like, damn it. You know, we missed Dragon Quest V. We missed Dragon Quest Six. We missed the remakes of Dragon Quest One, Two, and Three. And I was like, "This is the friggin' worst." But Dragon Quest Six remains an excellent, an absolutely excellent game. That I, it's just unfortunate that even with the 3D, I'm not sorry, with the DS remakes of Four, Five, and Six, I still feel that it really hasn't had a chance to truly shine. And I, I really am a big fan of Dragon Quest VI. I think it's a, a little bit of an underdog for, I don't know why, for some reason. Okay. Me at number five, and I don't want to talk about that one. You'll know why later. Yeah, sure. I have Dragon Warrior. This, and I've talked about this. I don't know if it's in gamers or fanboys. This game used to scare the crap out of me when I was a kid. Because my mom and my neighbor would play this game and you'd hear the music and I can hear it in my head still and every time a monster would come out and I had never played an RPG before I had no idea what was going on the monster would attack you and then the farther you'd get the stronger the monsters were but you did not know why and then when the screen got red the the music got suddenly even more scarier and then you would die and the game would make you feel like a loser and I would, like, I was terrified of this game as a child. And I have so many good memories of that for some reason now. And I, I would play it. I would eventually play it a lot more. Never was able to beat the game because, like I say that a lot of times, the most of my NES cartridges, I would, 
the save files would get erased for some reason because apparently you're supposed to hold the reset and power button when you close your NES off to not to lose those files. I don't know if you were doing that, but I never was. And that's like, I have no idea how many times I've restarted The Legend of Zelda and NES with me, with my mom and got to Ganon only to realize the next day that my save file was completely gone. Like that, that happened with Dragon Warrior when I was like a lot of hours into that game because I was grinding a lot and I, I, I sucked at it. It's not until like, I don't know if it's in 2013 or 2014 or 2012 when you bought me Dragon Quest 1 plus 2, the repro SNES cartridge that I finally got, was able to complete the original Dragon Quest game. But yeah, really, really love that. And it's probably a bit higher on my list than most because of the nostalgia of like the experience. I was very young seeing uh, my mom and my uh, her friend play that game and just the music. And just I had no idea what was going on as a young kid. And it scared the crap out of me. And it stressed me out going farther into the woods because I knew that eventually I would hit those orange ghost type creatures that would just destroy me or those witches and it just scared the crap out of me <laughs> and by witches I mean the ghost with the witch hat <laughs> I can't help but laugh at this because he keeps saying like you know as a child as a child as a child so uh how much progress have you made in uh, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis <laughs> I, I I was I was almost done with that game, damn it! <laughs> almost done. Just that damn nemesis doesn't uh, mind his own business. Steven is the biggest coward in the world <laughs> when it comes to games. It's it's awesome. Okay, um, my number five. Still, Dragon Warrior is not typically a game that someone would qualify as scary. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not at all. But uh, no, but it's funny. I like that. That's a good story. So my number five is Dragon Quest V, and I think you'll see a pattern here. Number six was Dragon Quest VI, number five is Dragon Quest V. So Dragon Quest V, there's, I'm gonna talk a lot about this, uh, eventually when I finish off the, well, if I finish off the last playthrough that I went, because I want to review that one. I believe that's one that we're missing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to talk too, too much about that, but it's just this, when this came out, it, it, clearly was developed for the Famicom and when the Super Famicom came out they were sort of like okay well I guess you know it's probably like been a year year and a half that the Super Famicom's out and they're like yeah maybe we should we should switch gears and and put it on that and I'm, I'm going to be wrong with the dates or whatever it's just it still looked primitive but significantly better than Dragon Quest uh, 1 through 4 but the thing with Dragon Quest 5 was the fact that you played through a lineage and that was so unique and again you have to remember here we had dragon quest 3 that was such a unique experience dragon quest 4 which is coming up that was something special dragon quest 5 now coming out and being something different something completely different and still really really fun and unique and I was I was really on a high at that particular point because I was like this series like is just getting better and better and better and I was like 
it's never going to end. And even six, you know, like when six came out, it was just an incredible, incredible game. But Dragon Quest V, really, this is one. This is one of the ones that I recommend people start the series with if you want to go back. Like uh, you'll see when I get into the top ones, which ones I would really recommend people begin with. But if you're looking at like more from like a historical purpose, Dragon Quest V is an incredible game, and you could do a lot worse um, with with some of these other games. So Dragon Quest V, my number. Five. All right, and number four, I have the only uh, numbered series that lines up perfectly with my pick, which is Dragon Quest Four. And this one is has really an unfortunate story for me because this is a game oh, I yeah. put a lot of hours into, but never was able to finish it because of a stupid uh, thing that happened, which was I, I used to leave my DS Lite uh, right on my mattresses. It, it fell in the garbage <laughs> bin right beside my bed and my I was living in my, my parents back then. And my dad cleaned out the garbages and my DS Lite with my copy of Dragon Quest Four is somewhere in the dump here forever lost, unfortunately. I did manage to pick up uh, another copy of Dragon Quest 4 over the years, but still never really went back to it, which is unfortunate because it might be my number one if I did, because I remember having a blast being completely addicted to the game and just, like, the fact that you were playing, I don't know, I think you were playing with four different characters. I, I believe it was on the fourth one. Is it four or five? The chapters? There's four chapters. Four chapters, okay. I believe. And yeah. it was just really, really, really fun. Especially the chapter where you play as a merchant. Like, it's just unbelievable. an unbelievable game. And I still, probably the Dragon Quest game I would recommend the most because it's the one that's the easy, easiest to access to, I believe, in, in, in terms of just difficulty and fun factor. Like, of course, the, the farther you go, it's it, the difficulty ups, but it's just really, I think this one... Like some Dragon Quest game, that takes takes a few hours to get into it. This one, I think, from the beginning, is a, is a blast to play. Well, I don't have anything else to add. A Dragon Quest Four was also my number four, and that was the final one where the numbers matched up. That's why I thought it was kind of funny. Six was six, five was five, four is four. I agree with everything you just said. Four is one of the best Dragon Quest games to get into, and it's so easy to get into and the remaster version is nice because it adds a different chapter which is kind of cool so you get to play as sorrow and stuff like that which was neat it was really neat now you need to think that this was a famicom game that's what a lot of people tend to forget so right hot off the heels of playing as the legendary, well, Erdrick, we'll say, so people know the North American lingo, that, like, I was like, you can't get better than this. You know what I mean? Like, at that point, I was like, Dragon Quest Three is where it's at. And then Dragon Quest Four comes out and just literally blows my mind in the fact that it was the most cinematic game I had ever played at that point in time. And people always say, like, Ninja Gaiden and stuff, you know, being cinematic. But for me... It was Dragon Quest Four. The fact that you played through these different chapters that focus solely on heroes, like these specific heroes, and then in the end they come together to fight this true evil force. I, I mean, it was incredible. It really was. And if you want to start with Dragon Quest Four, you go for it because it's it's a brilliant game. Okay, and number three, and this one will surprise you maybe. 
I believe when we did our top 10 video games of all time, I had this actually on the list. And that's how the 3DS version, I don't know why, screwed my nostalgia of that game. And it's Dragon Quest VIII. I still feel Dragon Quest VIII, fantastic game, especially the PlayStation 2 version. Uh, when it came out, that was ex- actually what I consider to be my first Dragon Quest experience because I had played other Dragon Quest games, but this is the first one I ever beat and this is the first one I ever put a lot and a lot of hours into it. I was actually really hyped for it when it came out and reviewed it for the site back then, which I always mention it gives you a laugh for some reason. Adored this game back then on the PlayStation 2. Thought it was phenomenal. Thought that the fact that the overworld looked exactly the same as in the dungeons like the visuals like you have to remember when final fantasy 7 how amazing it looks when you're in the overworld it, it still looks shitty like it, it, it but in dragon quest 8 the, the the looks still the same I, I thought that was incredible back then and then i played the 3ds version and i still put over like 60 hours into it i still i still beat it i still had fun with it still thought it was a great game but man, the fact that they removed the random encounters, and that's another issue I have. Random encounters in RPGs is such a dirty word for no reason. Everybody's trying to get away with it, and I'm playing right now Octopath Traveler, and it has random encounters, and it's done perfectly. The only reason people don't like random encounters is when they're too frequent. That's all. In Octopath, they're perfect. And that's all I'm going to say. They removed random encounters, which means that I was seriously underlevel at all times because I was uh, not I was not going into, into the fights. I was just because the monsters were really easy to avoid. And people will say, well, you're stupid to do that. And you're right. But still, like, if a game is designed with random encounters, you should leave it at that. Pokemon still has random encounters to this date, and I hope they never remove it and it's not broken they'll fix it and that's the only reason i believe why i i not hate but i, I dragon quest 8 is not as high on my list anymore because of that also the voice acting was as good in the 3ds version the the actress that did jessica i think is retired or something did not re redo the lines for her dolmagus for some reasons just even Either I was on crack when I played the original <laughs> game, or they changed it. It's just I love Domegas when I played Dragon Quest VIII on the PlayStation Two, and here he sounded very generic for some reason. So, Dragon Quest VIII still number three on my list. So it's still I consider it a masterpiece. Still love it, but for it would have been number one like a, a few years ago before I played the 3DS version. For some reason, did not like it as much as I remembered, and it's now not. It doesn't have the same place in my heart as it did years ago. But still, it's my number three game. This is going to be very interesting to see your top two. I'm curious because I haven't even been paying attention. Like, I mean, I'm listening to you, obviously, but I haven't been like following along of which ones you have said and which ones you haven't. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, my number three is your number three as well, is Dragon Quest Eight. I think it's one of the finest JRPGs ever created. I, I mean, I was very skeptical when coming off of Dragon Quest Seven, which, again, if you look at my list, you might be like, well, he didn't like it or whatever. Like Steven said, I, I am one of the biggest Dragon Quest fans out there. And all of these games I absolutely adored. 
and Dragon Quest Seven on the PlayStation 1. I did. I absolutely adored it. And when it was announced that Level 5, who were relatively new back then, that they were going to develop Dragon Quest Eight and it was going to be full 3D, I was very skeptical of how that would turn out. And the end result was nothing short of spectacular. And it was also one of those times where the post-game content... They, it, it, this is where it like really started, where you find out about the hero in the post game. And I thought that was brilliant. And that's the only thing with Steven that I find unfortunate is that because one of the best storylines is kept for the end of the game. If you don't know, I'm not going to spoil anything, of course, but Dragon Quest VIII focuses on your party members and about the story of how they all come together and how dual magus and and this this other evil sort of you know impacted all of their lives but there's one character that you find out virtually nothing about and that's the main hero you don't really know much about him you know that he was a palace guard but that's pretty much all you know And when you finish the game, you unlock this entirely new village that you can go and visit. And it fleshes out his entire backstory. And I remember back in the day being very perplexed why they left this to the end. Only to find out, you know, years later that it was a reward for fans to go back and and experience more of the game. Now, they had done this with Dragon Quest VII as well, like where you fought God. Literally, that's what the character's name was, God. <laughs> so it's not the first time that they had done it, but it's just that in terms of story, it was it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And to this day, I think it's one of, one of the finest JRPGs of all time. And that's why I say uh, it's disappointing for Steven... Um, from my perspective, because you didn't experience that, and it's a damn shame. Because I think you really, really would have loved that. Yeah, for sure, I would. I just hate grinding, and I know that I, I had trouble with the final boss at the end because of what I said—the the, the, the no random encounters—and I know that I would have to grind even more to be able to do some of the stuff. So, my number two is Dragon Quest Six. Which, wow. when I played this, I remember you were like, this is the best Dragon Quest game ever. You Like you said in the beginning of this uh, video, or this top 10 list, that you used to consider this your your favorite Dragon Quest games because of the similarities with A Link to the Past. And I simply adored this game. I reviewed it. I think I'm the one who has a review of it. Although it's unfortunately... I have to be honest about it. The video, the review is not really good. It's one of my first reviews I ever did, and back then I didn't have any script. I would just ramble on, and it shows. It's not really good, but still, Dragon Quest VI, really awesome. What I really love about that game is the job system, which is really I think Seven made it even better than what it is in Six. Is basically, and it's similar. Octopath, the similar thing. I love the, the, this. A reward system that rewards you for selecting a job and then going into battles and using that character and then you would upgrade learn new skills and then master that class and then move along that was simple but really fun and also like jared said i also really liked that there were dual worlds basically i think the second one was a dream world right that yep. you had to go in dreams yep. and you were able to f- you used a bed a flying bed to travel in that game 
Really fun game. Dragon Quest VI, it's available on the DS, so you can play it on the DS or the 3DS. Amazing one. You should play it. Yeah, so now I know you're number one. Very interesting. This is uh, very, very interesting. So my top three, I think... I, I don't think these are going to change. I'll be really honest with you. I really don't think my top three are going to change. I, I wasn't sure with eight in terms of long-term status and stuff, but... I, I think these are going to stay like this now for years. Number two is Dragon Quest XI. Dragon Quest XI, you will soon experience, you guys. I, I had waited years for another console-based Dragon Quest game. I, I, it was like I forget when Dragon Quest Eight came out, but I mean it was it was uh, well here. Let's just quickly two thousand and five. Well, there you go, two thousand five. So I waited what twelve years for another game to follow up Dragon Quest Eight, and I finally got it last year with Dragon Quest Eleven, and the fact that they connected it in with the original trilogy made this all the better. But the fact that the gameplay was just awesome, the fact that the world was huge, the fact that they made a 3DS version that had a 2D version plus a 3D version plus the PlayStation 4 version with this lush, beautiful environment, I I, I was lied. like... It was 2004, sorry. So 2004, so 13 years. Um, it was just like, just that, just that. I was like, this is it. Like, cause I, I honestly, I didn't think anything would surpass Dragon Quest VIII for me. I was like, I think that's gonna remain like the de facto Dragon Quest game. And then for Eleven to come out and do what it did, I, I seriously, I, I cannot express how awesome of a game it is. And the fact that the post game content is longer than some full games and that the grinding is completely removed because of one trick because they they know that the hardcore fans want to grind and like want to unlock all these skills and stuff and there's still one element that you could grind for but levels is not one because there's now something that you can do that can skip 40 levels at the end of the game like in no time at all and it just that post game content floored me like just floored me and i i know i i've said it like literally dozens of times in different videos but you guys absolutely 100 percent must play the game when the credits end because if you don't you will miss out on one of the very best tales ever told and I, I honestly now I have no idea what they're going to do with Dragon Quest twelve. I, I I cannot imagine how they will like top this. And again, going back and saying that they made three versions of this game blows my mind. Like I I cannot get over how unbelievable each version of this game is. It, it, it's just unbelievable. It's incredible. Wow, your number one will be very controversial. All right, so for me at number one, and I think you had this at number nine, right? Dragon Quest Seven. Yep. <clears throat> and I never thought I'd say this because 
of all the games I mentioned, this is the one that probably has the most flaws. Uh, we've talked about this. You mentioned it before, but when we played this, when the North American version came out of the 3DS, I we had a podcast and we talked about Dragon Quest VII. I believe it was a gamers or maybe a fanboys. And I said that I hated the fact that they made you go back and do every single dungeon at least four times. And I'm not exaggerating. Every single dungeon, if you complete the game, you'll do it. You'll do them four times. And I thought, like, they clearly did some of the things they did in Dragon Quest VII because they wanted this game to be a long game. They wanted the game to be... Because back then, and still sometimes is today, gamers think that the length of a game is important. It really isn't. And they wanted this to be as long as possible. So they wanted a 50-hour game to be 100 hours. And actually, the if you t talk about the PlayStation version, it's probably an 80-hour game. They wanted it to be 150 hours. Because if I would have played the original version, and only the original version, like this game would not even have made my top 10, let me tell you. I know all the things they added to the 3DS version and why it's so much better. Like just the fact that you have, I believe, a radar that tells you where the tomes are or the, the frac fractured whatever are. Yep. Yep. Like I would not have liked this if I wouldn't have that uh, option right there. And even with all of its flaws, I keep going back to how much I absolutely adored these characters. And it's... It's funny because most people play RPGs for their stories and I'm I'm weird like that. I don't really care about the story. Stories will help, but it's the gameplay that that really matters and the class system that was featured in 6 is so much improved here. And I had such a blast mastering all the class and then advancing into the super classes and it's all you helped me understand that and you told me what to do and what not to do and what classes to use and really made me enjoy the game so much more and i just had such a blast playing through the game and the story was cool too to be honest it's just i adored the gameplay i really did and i just don't know what what more to add if there was of all these games i've mentioned if there was one game that i had to go back to and wipe my memory of it and start fresh i would want it to be dragon quest 7 that's the game on the 3DS that I would like to experience again for the very first time. Out of all these, that's the one I would like to do the most. And I've put a, almost 90 hours into that game. And I don't know why, even though <laughs> it's probably the most flawed Dragon Quest game out there. It's my favorite. And it's just the way it is. No, that's a, that's a really interesting pick. And what's really funny is that you never had the opportunity to experience the monster classes because that's where things get really crazy and you have to collect monster hearts. And, and I, I'm fairly certain you wouldn't enjoy that only because of the, the fact that it's so grindy. You know what I mean? Like it's just nonstop grinding, 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 grinding. But it's still, it, it's just to show you that what you experienced was not the tip of the iceberg, but like you got a good chunk of the yeah. experience. It's just that there is an even more complex version of the classes once you start looking into master uh -huh. classes and stuff like that. I want, I want to quickly mention, not to sound like a hypocrite, because I did mention that I hated the fact that Dragon Quest Eight 
removed random battles. Dragon Quest VII did the same thing, but the difference here is that the random the, uh, the battles are almost impossible to dodge in this one, and I don't know why they did not keep that system. But I, I think you'll agree with me here that. Like even though it's not random battles, like it's pretty much is when 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 a monster spawns, like you can try to avoid him, but one out of ten times you won't be successful. So that's why I thought like I didn't mind it in this one. Yeah, that's actually good that you mentioned that because someone would have called you out on that. And I think it's also the fact that the way they designed the game, you, it's not it's not open as much. Like in in Dragon Quest Eight, there was a lot of very open areas so the environments were sometimes very very big in terms of dungeons and stuff you had a lot of running room whereas with dragon quest 7 it was it wasn't linear not at all um but the hallways were just slightly skinnier and i found that the enemy run rate was a lot higher so like you said once an enemy spawned and took notice of you you pretty much were going to fight like there was no there was nothing you could do about it. So, okay, my number one. What is my number one? It's Dragon Quest X. Yeah, Dragon Quest X. And it's funny that you say that it would be controversial. Yeah, I, I just want to explain quickly. Because Go it's ahead. an M- MMO. And I know... and I, 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 listen, I listen to Colin Moriarty a lot. And he's not really that huge of a Dragon Quest fan. But he, he, he he's enjoyed the series from time to time. But he always mentioned and laughs about Dragon Quest X and how crappy it is. And I would love it if he would one day meet you and realize that... Like you're the biggest hardcore fan. You've played every every one of them. You've put like three hundred hours into each of them, almost if not more. And the, your favorite would be an MMO. And that's just how that speaks to the quality of this game, and that people should not just think of this as another MMO. Yeah. So here's here's the the short version because I'm gonna I don't want to be talking about this like forever. And I, and it, you can go and watch my review for an understanding of it. This isn't an MMO. That is the the biggest issue that I have with this. This is an RPG like it's basically saying was Dragon Quest 9 an MMO? Yeah, I understand, yeah. You know, like no it wasn't. The the thing is, it's what what did I say when I when I mentioned Dragon Quest 9? I said that had you and I played this together, this likely would be in like my top three. And mm-hmm. I stand by that. I, I do stand by that. So now imagine a Dragon Quest game set up similar to Dragon Quest Seven, so that you have these small, bite-sized stories, and it never ends. New, It's like... Every time there's like some new update or whatever, there's some new land that opens up. So now you get to go and explore and experience all these new little stories and this and that. But there also are these super bosses, there are these dungeons, there's these events that pop up every week that allow you to bring your real life friends into the mix and enjoy it's like taking dragon quest 9 and throwing it online so that the whole world could get to experience this 
And it's like a living, breathing, non-stop Dragon Quest universe. All the witty charm, all your puff puffs, all your your nuts, crazy crap that you could possibly imagine is all in one game. And it just doesn't stop. I've been playing now for, what, almost three years, I think it is. And it's a weekly thing. Every week... I go on there for two hours, and it's, yeah, it's not much. I mean, uh, you know, it's life. That's, unfortunately, I don't have that much time. But every every week, Cranberry's on there, and the two of us with now, we have Japanese players that join us, like Meimei. We also have uh, Mimis, which she's not a Japanese player, but another one joining us. We've got Matt. We've got all these people, but it's not necessary. That's the thing. You can play it like Dragon Quest IX, where you can rent these generic characters out. And if you don't want generic characters, well, then you can just, you know, if you befriend people, you can go ahead and rent out your friend's characters. And it's just, what did it for me really is all the events. It's the fact that like there's a Christmas event, a New Year's event, there's retro events, there's you name it, man. And that's what really pushes this over the edge. I mean, when Dragon Quest XI came out, Sylvia actually pops up in Dragon Quest X and is like, oh, here, you know, to say thank you for playing Dragon Quest XI, uh, we're going to give you some furniture for your house. Like, what? Like, it's just... It's insane, and the fact is that it is still going strong. It's still one of Square Enix's number one money-making games. And it's still a turn-based game. It's just that they've added uh, more of a, a real-time mechanic to it. So in other words, when you get sucked into battle, you you can move around, but you can't really... Like, if an enemy is going to attack you, he's going to run up to you and, and attack you. But all commands are still text-based. It's just... So it's not really turn-based. It's text-based is what I wanted to say. But if you just stand there and you don't input any commands, well, you're going to just get attacked over and over and over and over again. But really, for me, this is what this is what makes Dragon Quest X so special, is the fact that it is like a never-ending, ultimate, living, breathing Dragon Quest universe. And honestly, I don't know what the future holds for Dragon Quest X, and by this time tomorrow, we will have an update, so we'll know the future of the Dragon Quest uh, series for the next uh, year, at least. And uh, I'm... I, I, I can't imagine, I can't believe that Colin actually says this is garbage. Has he actually ever played it? No, he, he hasn't. Yeah, that's the thing. See, that's the number one thing that I hear from Dragon Quest fans is like, oh god, I can't believe they did this. This is garbage. But if you haven't played it, then you can't really say, you know? Anyways, that's it. That's my, my number one is Dragon Quest 10. Do you think they'll do like Final Fantasy? And they'll do another MMO every two or three iterations. Well, it's Dragon Quest Twelve could be like Dragon Quest Ten. Maybe that's what they'll do. It, since this is their biggest money maker, like you say. I, you know, it's funny. Cranberry and I talk a lot about that. About like what happens, like later. Like so, for those that don't know, Dragon. Uh, sorry, Final Fantasy Eleven. That was the first MMO that they made for Final Fantasy. Is still online. 
Like, you can still go start a new character and play online in Final Fantasy XI if you'd like. They just no longer release new expansions and stuff like that for the game. So I don't think Dragon Quest X is like going to end anytime soon. Dragon Qu- uh, Final Fantasy XI is significantly older than Dragon Quest X, and it's still online. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, they said they had a 10-year life cycle for it, for okay. Dragon Quest X, which means... It's going to be wrapping up soon. So if it's not, I, I would be surprised if it was Dragon Quest Twelve. I was, I'm leaning more towards Dragon Quest Thirteen myself. I okay. think that's what they're going to do. And it's, it's not like it's going to be a sequel or anything like that. It'll just be a new MMO in the Dragon Quest uh, universe. That's it. All right. So that's it, man. We had an hour and forty minute podcast. Good lord. <laughs> That's going to be a bitch to upload for me to you. <laughs> Just yes. audio will take me hours. It is. So we're going to wrap this up by saying thank you all very much for all the support over the years. And thank you to Stephen, too, that uh, this has been a real wild ride. And I can't wait for another 100 episodes. <laughs>